You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Anonymous protests and Adriatic pipeline on environmental grounds. Team Poison is back and effing with the UN. Operation Blockbuster fingers North Korea in the 2014 Sony hack. A study suggests that the healthcare sector is operating with the wrong threat model. Apple's lawyers surprise observers by preparing a Fifth Amendment repose to the Justice Department. Finally, the ghost of Joe Hill, or was that the Ice Wizard, walks the streets of Silicon Valley. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, February 25th, 2016. Anonymous surfaces again in attacks on government websites in Italy's Apulia region. The cause is said to be opposition to the Trans-Adriatic Pipeline project intended to carry natural gas from Azerbaijan. The opposition is based on fears of environmental dangers the pipeline might pose to Apulia. In other hacktivist news, it appears that Team Poison is back. The crew is widely believed to have been effectively dismantled over the past few years by arrests or by drone strikes. The group's most famous alumnus is thought to be the late Junaid Hussein, also known as Trick. The UN's World Tourism Organization was briefly defaced this week and suffered a data dump by hackers claiming Team Poison membership. Team Poison's Jimmy gave the motive. Quote, We owned the UN back in 11, said Jimmy. Only seem right to F with them again. End quote. The industry group running Operation Blockbuster against the Lazarus Group indicates that their research points fairly conclusively to North Korea as the source of the 2014 Sony hack. This agrees with earlier U.S. government attribution and runs counter to Norse's 2015 argument that the incident was a kind of riot with many participants, the North Koreans among them, but instigated by disgruntled employees working with hacktivists. Operation Blockbuster also serves as an interesting case study of how cybersecurity companies can collaborate against threat actors. The usual churn continues in the world of ransomware. CTB Locker, also known as Critroni, is back as a minor league counterpart of TeslaCrypt, CryptoWall, and Locky. It's likely to remain minor league insofar as it targets websites, whose contents, of course, are routinely backed up and easily restored. Mobile health records, an attractive option to the healthcare sector for many reasons, continue to exhibit disturbing patterns of vulnerability and poorly resourced security. And it's not just mobile devices and networks that are problematic. Independent Security Evaluators has released the results of a two-year study of hospital cybersecurity it recently completed. And those results are discouraging, especially insofar as they suggest medical device vulnerability to cyber attack. The Baltimore Sun's account is a bit breathless, suggesting the possibility of death by cyber, but the risks appear quite real. We spoke with Independent Security Evaluator's CEO, Stephen Bono, about the report. Our study was based around the question, if one were to be so inclined, how difficult would it be for them to uh, break into a cyber attack on a hospital of some kind? 
we were getting into web applications. We did a USB experiment where we distributed USB drives. We were able to access hospital systems from a lobby kiosk in one incident. Today, almost everybody's talking about medical records. What we found is that most efforts by security vendors to provide security for hospitals and most efforts by hospitals to be more secure are all centered around protecting the loss of these records and not actually protecting the medical devices that, if compromised, could harm a person. You can read the Hacking Hospitals report at securityevaluators.com. Proofpoint takes a look at hacker behavior and turns up some unsurprising trends. Cybercriminals want, for example, banking credentials and regard fraudulent wire transfers as their mother load. They also devote much attention to crafting spear phishing messages for business email compromise. But here's one surprising trend. Do you know that you're most likely to be fished bright and early on a Tuesday morning? Neither did we. Turning to industry news, KeyW gets a nice boost in the markets after reporting better-than-expected earnings. The company is also restructuring, selling off its CETA unit, that's Systems Engineering and Technical Assistance, to a Massachusetts firm for $12 million. CEO William Weber tells the Baltimore Business Journal that KeyW is considering strategic alternatives for its Hexus subsidiary. Crypto wars being adjudicated in the courts now, and Apple's lawyers are preparing a case as unexpected as the Department of Justice is basing its own case on the All Writs Act. It was expected that Apple would cite the First Amendment, as it apparently intends to. It wasn't expected that they'd also cite the Fifth Amendment's protections against self-incrimination. Some quick clarification on the case from the University of Maryland's Jonathan Katz, who recently took us through the technical implications of Apple's dispute with the Department of Justice. Apple didn't give FBI access to the disputed phone's iCloud data. The FBI didn't need Apple's help. The phone was owned by San Bernardino County, and therefore it was within the county's ability to grant access. It was widely but misleadingly reported that Apple had provided the iCloud data in this case, probably because Apple had been served with a warrant. They didn't provide the iCloud data. They didn't have to. And while the case may be decided in the courts, it's also playing out in public. Apple CEO Tim Cook says that delivering compromised encryption would be like distributing a carcinogen. The company is said to be working on devices that Apple itself will have no means of breaking into. Verizon comes down on the side of strong crypto and thus of Apple. But Arizona's Maricopa County District Attorney says his department will no longer buy Apple phones. Put down Maricopa County then in the FBI's column. And finally, there are signs of employee discontent in Silicon Valley. And in this case, we mean literal signs. Someone stuck posters to lampposts on University Avenue in Palo Alto, calling on Palantir employees to stand up for startup employees' rights, and specifically telling them they should strike for bigger or at least non-zero equity stake in their companies. We have absolutely no idea what conditions are like at Palantir or in any other Silicon Valley company, but we do note the posters feature a dead unicorn. To one of our stringers, that unicorn looks more like an Adventure Time rainicorn. Finn and Jake call your office. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI... The best AI protection comes from having the best data. 
Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Malek Ben Salem is the R&D manager for security at Accenture Technology Labs, one of our academic and research partners. Malek, obviously we all know authentication is important, but your research is taking it to the next level with behavioral biometrics. Oh, well, as you know, uh, existing access control mechanisms and authentication mechanisms are limited in the sense that we rely a lot on passwords, which are easily uh, stolen or guessable using, you know, password crackers. So uh, we want to complement those uh, types of access control mechanisms with behavioral biometrics. They're not easily visible. They're hard to mimic. And there's not a significant impact from losing them. So if you lose a copy of your fingerprint, uh, that may have more uh, great consequences than, you know, your behavior, which is not easily observable or, or mimicked. Give me a rundown of what kinds of things fall into the category of behavioral biometrics. Uh, so things like, uh, you know, uh, how do you type, uh, how do you use a keyboard, uh, how do you use a mouse, uh, how do you interact with a system. All of those are types of behaviors that we can use to authenticate or de-authenticate users. The type of research we're focused on uh, in our lab is to look at how users use applications and the reason we focus on those rather than keystroke dynamics is that um, an adversary, for example, may uh, log in into the system and steal information without having to necessarily, uh, you know, type anything on the keyboard. So the system is learning about my behavior over time and then on an ongoing basis comparing my behavior to what it knows about me. Correct. We build a baseline of... Uh, your normal behavior, and then in real time, we compare the, the behavior of the user using the system with the historical behavior or the behavioral model that we built for the illegitimate user of the system. And if there are any significant deviations, then we can de-authenticate the user or, you know, take them out of that session. Malek Ben Salem, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. 
Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes, and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.